0: It's a blessing to have Pastor Tim Geist with us, serves with Pastor uh, Sargent out on Whitby Island, Bible Baptist Church, Oak Harbor. He's gonna bring an next message. Come, brother. Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two. And as you're turning there, your mind's probably thinking it's not Christmas. Yes, up in Oak Harbor, uh, this past Lord's Day, we were celebrating the resurrection as were many of you. You know, in the resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the beginning goes over the gospel and for there to be a resurrection, there must have first been a death. And for there to have been a death, there must have been a birth. Amen. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of Grace and truth. Good combination. Amen. Amen. Brother Boojack sang about grace. Brother Smith opened the conference last night in the Word of God Psalm speaking about truth. I pray that's a part of your ministry. We're supposed to be Christ like. He was filled with grace and truth at the incarnation. So, Luke chapter 2, and you can stand as we've been doing on a reverence to the Word of God. I, I, I pray. That uh, your mindset wouldn't necessarily be Christmas trees and bows and deck the halls and and joy to the world and hark the herald and all that sort of stuff, but uh, your mindset would be just relating to Joseph as he traveled from one place to another. You all, well, some of you might be from here local, but uh, looking out, most of you came from, you know, Oklahoma, Pacific Northwest, Sioux Falls. Uh, other parts, and so you had to do some sort of travels to get here. Your travels might have been perfect on this trip. Ours weren't. Uh, So if your travels were perfect this time, think back to a time when things didn't go necessarily as you had had planned. And just think about this from the perspective as we read this and focus on this text, just Joseph's uh, travel troubles. This is what the Holy Spirit authored lineage of David, and we'll just pause there, Bethlehem, Uh, Micah got it right, Micah 5.2, the Mormon so-called prophet Alma got it wrong, Alma 7.10, it said the Messiah would be born in in Jerusalem, just throw that out there for Brother Nolan over there, Micah got it right, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. If anyone's taking notes or you need a title, Travel Troubles. Travel Troubles. And outline is not going to be a beautiful three-point alliterated message, just two points. We're going to look at some lessons learned about Just the area of control, who has it in our lives, us or someone else, related to literal physical travels, getting somewhere, and then we'll make some applications, be a little more figurative, looking at travel troubles as God takes us from point A to point B in life, for all the preachers here, from point A to point B in the ministry, or just for people in general, just just life, point A to, to point B, pretty simple outline Let's pray, and then I'll let you be seated. Heavenly Father, I simply ask that Your Holy Spirit, that guides us into all truth, would make the truth from uh, this Thy Word and this message, Thy message, a uh, very practical and real and part of all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I pray this in our Savior's name, Amen. You may be seated. Lessons learned. With regards to control from just our our literal traveling from A to B, we see that there was some timing involved here, knowing the time, knowing the time when your flight leaves, knowing the time that your flight is supposed to leave, knowing the time that it actually leaves. Got a call from, or an email from Alaska Airlines a few weeks ago. That perfect flight that we had scheduled, 8 o'clock in the morning, getting into St. Louis early afternoon, grabbing a rental car, nice easy drive down to St. Clair was changed to an afternoon flight, late afternoon, getting in late, giving us a teeny tiny window of opportunity to possibly make it to the rental car agency before they closed. I felt a little, I don't know if, if it's, Biblical to say stressed, I know I can't say that I was full of care because, because we're to be careful for nothing but by everything, prayer, supplication, and you have this wonderful supernatural peace of God. So I, I, I was not full of care, but it just kind of, you know, you kind of, eh. Then you get to the airport, SeaTac is not a small regional airport, it's pretty big, and you know, get checked in, we were doing well until we got to security found out that uh, maybe I wasn't in control of my timing there either. I went from Alaska Airlines controlling my time to TSA controlling my time. And that was the biggest snake I've ever seen, the line to get up to security. And as these things started happening, I, I started thinking about, you know, Joseph, was he in control of the timing of his trip? The government was. Who likes to have the government in control of your time? You will not only pay taxes. Uh, but you'll do it at this specific time. But, but my wife is with child. It's not a good time to travel. Did the Roman government care? Is your government caring and comforting and full of compassion towards you when, when you have? I think they are. I looked up what tax day was in reference to the message this morning. And it said, hey, you get an extra month to file your taxes this year. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's a timing involved here, the timing of taxation, the timing of when his wife would actually deliver. And we always laugh when the doctors say the due date is da-da-da. Of our five children, one was actually born on his his, uh, due date. Uh, No fooling, uh, April Fool's, baby. (laughs) The others, it's it's just, uh, it's funny. Um, Doctors say one thing, God says another, although doctors try and wrestle control there. So there was some issues with Joseph's travels where he didn't necessarily feel, getting into his mind a little bit because he's like us, uh, a sense that he did not have control of the timing of his travels. And as our travels continued, I got the sense more and more that I did not have control of the timing of our travels that someone else did, Alaska Airlines, uh, TSA, thrifty car rental when we got in after 10 o'clock, their closing time. And I had called ahead and, and said, well, what happens if we get there at 5 after 10? Can we get our car? And Well, sir, we won't be here. <laughs> it was just kind of that matter of fact. And, I, and so as things kind of, uh, not spiraled out of control, but uh, as I started to twinge a, a little more and, and raise an eyebrow and my wife's looking at me, it's okay. I wondered why am I getting, not full of care, but why am I getting just a little stressed can anyone relate? You're kind of looking at me like, no, our, all our travels, they're sailing. And uh, I came to the conclusion, it was because it was just this sense of not being in control. Yeah. And you know, we're a bunch of oh, manly men, we, we're gonna plan something and we're gonna execute according to plan. Uh, we know in the military, you know, first bullet flies and plans just go out, out the window. It seems to be the way with my, my travels sometimes. So there was the timing issue. Um, there was just the the travels themselves as he submitted himself to the the timing of the taxation and and when he was supposed to travel. Traveling with a woman, great with child. Uh, We went through, we, as if I had anything to do. (laughs) We went through four pregnancies for five children. You can do the math. Um, Double blessing in there on the tail end. And I don't, I don't, I really don't remember my wife Katie Complaining during her pregnancies. Maybe I'm just blocking that out. I do remember comments along the lines of as the the children grew in the womb, uh, taking a little more space and maybe pushing a little bit on on the bladder, and then you put a second baby in there, and they're getting uh, bigger. You can imagine uh, what that was like. Imagine what it was like to travel on some beast of burden, someone else's timeline... Uh, with a woman that's great with, with child. I'm guessing there would have been uh, extra stops. <laughs> Just being real. And, and I tried to imagine, again, it's hard as a guy, but I tried to imagine uh, a, a woman great with child being on some sort of beast of burden every step. Now, we're not talking nice luxury uh, SUVs that you guys drove up in nice, cruising down the, the road. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I can kind of imagine just if, you know, someone's preaching long and you got to use the restroom, but you're not. Still, you're not. Just imagine their travels. And then uh, when you have one of those bad travel days, you get to your final destination, Finally. What do you want to, You just want to get your hotel. You just want to lay down, get some rest before whatever you have planned the next day. What did you say your name was? How do you spell that? When did you, when did you say you made your reservation? And you're thinking, I don't care if it's under that reservation, just give me. Well, I hope I can find your reservation, sir, because uh, we're booked tonight, and if I <laughs> there's no extra room, there's no room in the inn. Can you imagine what it was like? Think about uh, when they finally got there. The tripartite—got to throw a little doctrine in there. Tripartite condition of Joseph and Mary. Their bodies were weary, tired. That kind of plays on the soul of man, our, our feelings our emotions, they both descended from the same sinful Adam as you and I. Were there maybe some things said along the way, along the journeys? Maybe a a little bit afraid, nervous? You know, we don't see this in the kids' books, you know, the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. I'm just, at the end of this travel day when they they get there and and they see that they can't just check into their hotel and, and rest, Maybe Joseph said some things. Maybe Mary was trying to be more spiritual. Now Joseph. Or knowing that she shouldn't say that because if, <laughs> if she did, he would get uh, that much more annoyed. Is this any of you couples out there? <laughs> so you got body, soul, and spirit. And if body and soul are strike one and strike two, the spiritual side is typically strike three in this, this type of situation. Was it worth it for Joseph to go through the travel troubles that he went through to see the end result? What was that? Come on, Christmas. <laughs> Come on, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn out in the, the field. There were uh, a host of angels singing, All you know, oh, or, you know. <laughs> It'll get better when we get, get back to our congregational singing don't think that's what the angel sounded like, but I mean, that was going on. Was, was all that worth it to go through some, some travel troubles? Do you think Joseph thought so with, with 2020 hindsight? I, I, I believe so. Uh, just on a physical level for my wife and I, any, any issues we went through to get here, just being here, it was, it's, it's worth it. It was worth it. We can look back and say, ah, Alaska Airlines, ah, TSA, ah, just everyone at SeaTac, ah, thrifty car rental agency, ah. But now we're here, and it's just, oh, it was worth it. It was Amen. worth it just to look out, see your faces, sit back there and, and uh, not swim in the preaching, soak in, drink, drink in. Where is, he, where is he? There we go. Drink it in. It's worth it to have gone through that. And I believe Joseph said it was worth it uh, to bring, be a part of, of seeing Messiah come into the world. Be a part of going from where they were, which would have been a failed prophecy, amen, Micah 5-2, to get his wife where she needed to be in God's perfect timing to fulfill the prophecy and, and bring the Savior into the world, the one that saved your soul. Amen. I'll say amen because I'm saved. (laughs) The Savior that, that saved your soul. Amen. Well, let's take it from that, and that's just real world, who we are, to a little more figurative, traveling from point A to B, wherever your Galilee might have been, wherever your Bethlehem Judah might be, something in the past. Not necessarily a geographic change. Sometimes there are changes in the ministry, uh, just in the same location. And Brother Smith talked about some of the changes way back when that you made here with, with this church as the Lord led and you led the congregation. So from point A to point B, are those travels always super smooth? Do they always go down as uh, you booked it on Hotwire or Priceline and you had everything lined up perfectly? to go from ministry A to ministry B. And then as soon as you started to execute, everything seemed to fall apart. And I don't know, uh, again, about you, but it seems like when we have a a bad travel day, it's usually not one little thing. It's like you save them up, all the bad things. And then they just all happen on one trip, and then you can go have some good trips after that. So they all get get piled up. Sometimes that... maybe seems like happens to you in life when God's moving you from A to B. The timing is not your timing. It's God's timing. It's perhaps easy to get angry at an airline or perturbed with an airline or some travel entity or TSA. They're part of the government. That's an easy one. I can get angry with them. It's the government. Take your mask down so I can look at your ID. As soon as you take it down, put your mask back up. I said, was I that ugly? <laughs> and you know the humor that the TSA folks have. They didn't even crack a smile. That's easy, but what about when, it, when God's the one that's taking control away from you of your timeline? Right. It might be just as easy, maybe not as prudent, to get as frustrated and angry with him. When you feel like, I just don't have control. That's right. And that's, a good, and that's a good thing. Do things always work out perfect in the end when they go according to your timeline? Or much better? God's timing. He's uh, certainly never late. He's never early. And he certainly sees no need to conform to your Amazon Prime delivery schedule my stove breaks in the old olden days you know call the appliance repair store it will take us two weeks to get the part in and then I'll have to schedule you another week or two after that in the meantime wife can't bake the igniter's out in the stove nowadays got home from church on a Sunday night the stove doesn't work get on my phone says order this part within 24 hours somehow Amazon has the stove part at my door and and by dinner the next night the stove is, is, is working God doesn't have to work like that. He works a little better than Amazon. And he has, imagine this, even more resources available to him than, than Amazon does. As amazing as they are. His timing is is perfect. Your travel, so you, you finally get to that point where uh, you're you know kind of tying the two to, together here. If you can do that, you... You made it through checking in. You made it through the TSA security check. You made it to your gate. You actually made it on the plane. You're buckled in. Everyone's on the plane. You're getting ready to depart from point A in the ministry to point B. And you wonder why the door of the cockpit's open, and there's some maintenance guy walking in there and walking out and walking back in there, and you're just waiting for that announcement. God sometimes seems to do that. You're ready to go. You're strapped in. You got to that point. Now, finally, it's time to go. And God just says, no, a little, in our mind, delay. A little delay. What do we do? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We get all spiritual. Or do we get frustrated? Why? Because we're not in control. God is. Then. Once we get to our destination, we just want to check in, settle in, whatever that next stage of of life is. I'm looking at some of you that have recently made some transitions, you know, out out to Utah. You just want to get out there and, 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 okay, just, and then you get there. And it probably wasn't just (laughs) anything but. Anything but. Things are not as we seem on the tail end. But is it worth it to finally be there, to be exactly where God wants us to be, needs yeah. us to be, for his honor and glory and for his work to be used in the lives of others? Someone asked about the young preacher in our church, Brother Josh. Some of you know him, some of you have had a, a part in, in his life in various ways. And I appreciate that, those that have invested in Josh. He was called to preach, was trained in our Bible training institute in, in the church. God opened up a door, an opportunity for Josh to uh, come on staff at one point. He was willing to be our secretary for a year or two. That was just the position that was available. And, and he said, yeah, I just want to be there day in, day out. Took that opportunity. Uh, we believe after the, the book training is done, that there should be an opportunity to see what the daily life in the ministry is really like. So Josh saw that and got to a point where he had learned some things, but there was just some more training that needed to happen. We didn't necessarily know what that was to be. Uh, But God did. God directed in in Josh's life. We had a team ministering in in Wenatchee. Uh, Brother McDowell was, was part of that team. And we believe in... Principle we see in Acts, Paul always having co laborers with him, fellow laborers, concept of team ministry. And so we had Brother McDowell, Brother Majors up there working together, and Holy Spirit said, Brother McDowell, I want you to go back to Missouri, minister there. We said, Okay, well, Lord's will be done. And here's Brother Mike down here. And we said, Well, we again, two are better than one. Says that somewhere in the Bible, amen? In the book of Ecclesiastes. Is it in your Bible? Amen. Thanks, Brother Thompson. And so we are praying as a church, and uh, the Lord said, separate out Josh for this work to go work with Brother Majors. Josh said, well, if that's the Lord's leading through the leadership of this church, uh, my wife and I are all in. We're going to take this house that we've spent the last couple of years totally renovating. They, uh, They got it as a foreclosure, put a bunch of sweat equity into it. They said, we're going to sell our house. That's where God wants us. We're not going to like, leave everything here. We're going, to, we're going to go buy a house over there. We're going to make a commitment to the people that God would have us to minister to over there. Looking forward to the opportunity to go and, and work with Brother Majors, an uh, 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 older man, more experienced in the ministry. Someone that Josh could, this was his thinking, this was our thinking. Someone that Josh could uh, serve under, make some mistakes and have Chris there to kind of pick him up. Learn, be mentored. So he gets over there, just wants to, you know, close on the house, get settled in, and, and what happens? A few months later, it seems, seems like it was a blink of an eye. Holy Spirit said, Separate me out, Brother Majors, to go to Indiana. Yeah, I'm looking back there with an accusatory eye at some, some folks. <laughs> uh, no, so so we said, okay, we don't understand what's going on here. Brother Mitchell, don't know what's going on with Josh. All of a sudden, we put him in a situation as a young man, young preacher, where he's it. He's not back in Oak Harbor with two pastors, where he can sit in his office and say, huh, I wonder what the pastors are going to do with this situation. Wasn't in a situation in Wenatchee where he could look at Brother Majors and say, what are you going to do with that? All of a sudden, it was Chantel, what am I going to (laughs) do? I'm preaching all the messages. I'm getting all the phone calls. I'm making all the decisions. I'm finding out what it's like to make those decisions and find out that everyone that we're ministering to uh, isn't necessarily going to jump up and down and cheer and say, Amen, we love the decision you made, Josh. It doesn't go down that way. He and his uh, dear wife uh, went through a, a lot. Uh, we didn't know what God was doing. He, God, God knew. And they just they said, okay. Uh, they, they felt very much out of control. <laughs> God having taken them from point A in the ministry, they had some travel troubles getting there. And, and everything wasn't like what they thought it was going to be when, when they got there. Amen. And they, they just served faithfully. Uh, some of you may know at some point after that, after you know, looking back, God had done everything he wanted to do in, in Josh's life. And everything he wanted us to do in the lives of some of the people that he was ministering to over there, Uh, God led us as a church to make a decision to uh, close down that mission work and bring Josh and Chantel back home. Back home to the house they had? No, they sold the house. To his dad, (laughs) which makes it a little awkward. Can I have my house back? (laughs) No, as a matter of fact, you can't. Your mother and I are living here. Go find someplace else to live. They couldn't find a house to buy the market, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of overbidding within the first 24 hours. Uh, So they said, you know, we don't know what point C is going to be. You know, he went A to B, back to A. They don't know what C is. We don't know. Uh, So they they rented a house. And did they come back defeated? Did they come back boo-hoo? No, they said, we don't know why God sent us to Wenatchee to do all that. Uh, but we know he's in control, and we learned a lot, and God carried us through that. We're back here. Uh, Brother Sergeant said, Josh, I want to put you in charge of the uh, local outreach here, the weekly door knocking and, and door hanging and visitation. Okay, got that. Great. Jumped in with both feet. Josh said, hey, you know what I'd like to do? Uh, Pastor Sergeant, Pastor Geist, I'd like to have some uh, Bible studies at my house, not to give Bible studies, but to teach members of the church how to do Bible studies so that when we get someone that's interested, that's seeking, uh, anyone in the church would be in a position to be able to uh, sit down with them and, and do a one-on-one Bible study and, and you know a little four-part just going through the gospel. And so he started to do that, and that's been uh, just wildly successful just in the enthusiasm of the church saying, well, I want to win a soul, but I don't really know how, and Josh, come over to my house, and we'll feed you a meal, and we'll sit down, and we'll work through these four Bible studies, and we'll do Q&A. So, in the midst of that, a young soldier a few weeks back visited our church, was from the local area, went off, joined the army, was back on leave for two, three weeks before deploying overseas uh, over to Europe, coming up here. And I don't know what old Josh would have done. New Josh, as soon as the service was over, this visitor sitting down in the fellowship hall for a meal, Josh goes over there, Hey, my name's Josh. What's your name? Oh, nice to meet you. And next thing I know, Josh is saying, Hey, you free for coffee tomorrow morning. Let's get together. Let's do a Bible study. And the young guy said, Well, I'm on leave, so yeah, I have time. They went off and did did lesson number one about sin. You know, uh, the response from this soldier, Lewis, after the study... I never really understood what the Ten Commandments were. I never understood what a sinner I was. They did another study. The consequences of your sin. Wages of sin or death. young man came to a few more services this last Lord's Day. In the evening, Lewis was there. Josh was preaching. Josh stepping in the pulpit now is not the Josh stepping in the pulpit a year and a half ago. He steps in the pulpit after what God has taken him through in his travel troubles. A different man, not in his own confidence, but in confidence of what the Lord can do through him. Because of what the Lord brought him through. That was Sunday night. After the service, everyone left. And I get a screenshot of some text, texting going on. This young man, Lewis, to Josh. Can you save me? Josh says, "How so? I'm lost spiritually slash religiously, and I don't know what to do." Josh says, "I can show you how you can be saved. Do you want to meet tonight?" Yes, I can be anywhere you need me to be in an hour and a half. Is that okay? Josh says, "Absolutely. Let me give you my address." and he sends him his address. The next text I got from Josh was, Lewis got saved tonight. Do you think Josh is complaining about the travel troubles he had, moving, picking up, moving all the way over to Wenatchee, finding out, ah, Brother Majors is leaving. Ah, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that. Oh, and now I'm moving back to Oak Harbor where I don't have a house this week Josh, even though i 'm not up there, I know is walking about a foot off the ground because the Lord brought him through some travel troubles and some from point A to point B to point A in the ministry to put him where he needed to be in all sense of that word and that thought to see a soul saved that Josh could be a spiritual midwife so to speak and uh, My question to you in conclusion is simply, as you go through some travel troubles, as God is bringing you from point A to point B in the ministry and in the life, are you willing to go through him being in control of everything and you not, that he might put you where you need to be, that you might be there to see a soul enter the kingdom as well? I pray that be the case to the glory of God.